welcome to Phoenix Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Reboot Season 1, Episode 12, Screwdriver. The original air date for this episode was January 6th, 2017, first of the year. Uh, it was directed by Craig Siebels, or Seibels. Um, he's done a few burn notices. He was mm-hmm. also a co-producer on... 20 episodes of The Good Guys, which is that show with uh, Colin Hanks and Bradley Whitford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super funny show. Uh, Super underrated and canceled within a season. Um, And this episode was written by Craig O'Neill and David Slack, who each have written an episode so far. Um, Craig O'Neill did Metal Saw, which I think was episode two, which Mm. was the one uh, that started in North Korea. Um, And David Slack did the one about the Martin Squarely guy who... Okay. uh, The the big fat guy that they had to resuscitate with. Right, right, right. Windshield wiper. Oh, yeah, that was the best. (laughs) um, Which was pretty awesome. Um, Why don't we describe this episode in brief, if possible? (laughs) Uh, Briefly describe. Okay. Um, In this episode, the team goes after Nikki Carpenter uh, only to force a team up in order to discover a mole in the CIA. Right. Um, I and think we, that's all of it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's pretty close. Um, it's not super uh, far off from the description on IMDb that we read in the last episode. Mm-hmm. I was actually surprised how close to it it was, um, except for that he obviously doesn't use a screwdriver in this episode. Yeah, I, I was I was looking. Yeah, I was looking pretty hard. Um, we basically start with an opening gambit of. Hey, it's been a couple weeks since MacGyver was on. Do you guys remember what this show's about? Yeah, I was like, is this a season two opener? Yeah. Because I feel like I'm like I'm being refreshed. That's what it felt like, yeah. And it, it hasn't been that long since the last episode. So let's do a quick rundown of the cast. Yeah. Go. <laughs> so uh, we start with Jack tied to a chair in some like dingy basement. Uh, not only just a dingy basement, in a I you can't see me, I'm doing air quotes. Right. Very dangerous part of the world. <laughs> yeah, that's what the uh, subtitle said uh, over the uh, over the establishing satellite footage. Mm-hmm. Um, or I guess it's not a satellite; it's just like drone or helicopter. Yeah, footage. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's in there, and this guy's like, "All right, tell me everyone who's on the show." And he's like, "Well, there's Riley, who's a hacker, mm-hmm. and then there's uh, Bozer, who's new and he makes masks, and yeah, and then there's uh, Patricia, who I call Patty to make her mad, and." And he's like, is that everyone on this show? And it's like, well, no. There's, <laughs> there's, one, there's one more. <laughs> you and, may have heard of him. Yeah. And he's the only person who's, whose first name doesn't get mentioned in this mm-hmm. uh, list of names, um, even though they they haven't really shied away from Angus as much on this series. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he just says, oh, yeah, his name's MacGyver, and he's the smartest guy I know. And and uh, he's like, okay, well, where is this MacGyver character? And he said, well, if the plant's... Uh, following through, then mm-hmm. he should be right outside the door and just starts shouting about where he is. Yeah. <laughs> and then notes come underneath the door. Yeah. And MacGyver's supposed to be, like, working with what he has, but he just, like, brought a Sharpie and printer paper so that mm-hmm. he could slide notes under a door. Like, I felt like this could very easily have been a, a place for another joke. Like, you know, he slides some torn part of, like, a, something that was supposed to keep him out of the room yeah, under yeah, the yeah. door. But um, it just says, yeah, let him go. And then what does the second note say? And surrender. And surrender, right. He couldn't have fit that all on one page. No, it, was, it wasn't nearly enough paper. No, no. Not and it's not that. as dramatic right. when you open it up. Exactly. And so, of course, it's a wooden door, and the guy just shoots right through it. Mm-hmm. And you hear someone go, ah, and then blood starts seeping under the door. So, obviously, the guy thinks he's got, he's clearly killed who's ever standing on the other side of the door. And Jack is at least pretending that he thinks that Mm -hmm. because he's making faces like oh no what happened there's blood uh and also he's telling the truth right always because of the uh did we mention the truth we did not he's he uh the reason he's so honest and forthcoming with the cast of the show is that he's he's been uh injected with sodium pentothal which he has to remind the viewers is truth serum even Mm -hmm. though that show that chemical gets a shout out in like every spy show ever, like every third episode. And it's not just an injection too; they have him on an IV of it. Right. Yeah. Like they they are dosing him. Yeah, but he seems to be really digging the high. <laughs> um, he also starts the episode with this is the second time now on the show that he's been singing the Shoope Doop like mm-hmm. Salt and Pepper Shoop song, and uh, again it seems like no one bothered to bring the song to the set so that they could play it so that he could be in sync with it. Yeah. So it's just like awkwardly off sync from the soundtrack um, I, for the second time. The more I see George Eads as 
Dalton, I more I wish he was MacGyver. <laughs> yeah, he really is the character that you care about on this show. Because how how good of the scene would it have been when if he's on the truth serum and he's giving all this information, and and it's, it you could almost parallel like True Lies. Yeah, it's like you know those handcuffs. I picked them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's too bad they never did that True Lies sequel. Mm. It was all lined up and everything. And really? Then, yeah, it fell apart. That's too bad. Yeah. It fell apart because it was no James Cameron? or. Uh, you know, I think James Cameron was actually on board, and I think they had the whole major cast on. I'm trying to remember what actually happened. If, if I can find a, an article about it, I'll throw it in the show notes. Tom Arnold fell out of favor. Yeah, Tom Arnold <laughs> was the one who said he wouldn't do it. Bill Paxson was in. <laughs> <laughs> that part with him in the helicopter is just so perfect. <laughs> would a terrorist pee himself? <laughs> Oh, Bill Paxton is the best. Uh, so, guy shoots the door, blood comes out, and when he goes to open the door to verify his kill, yeah. Mac- MacGyver comes in with the classic one-punch knockout and handshake. Well, he, he doesn't completely knock him out, yeah. but he knocks him down. And But he does the, 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 the handshake. The handshake. Yeah, the patented like that. MacGyver handshake, which I think we actually saw in the pilot of this series, but not much since then. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Uh, yeah, the guard's like, how did you do it? I must know your secrets mm-hmm. for the blood. Like, why? Well, I don't know why you care. You're really asking on behalf of the audience. Red, red ink and chocolate syrup? Yeah, he says uh, pen, pen, like ink from red pens and chocolate syrup. Not the good stuff, the high fructose stuff. Mm-hmm. Which is like, just use another guard in the hallway. Like, there's no reason. <laughs> use like, another guard for like, his blood? That's what it should have been. Like, he just held the guard in front of the door. Oh, my, and then that's dark. Is that dark? That's pretty dark. I think that's... I mean, maybe it's dark for MacGyver. Jack would have done it in a second. Yeah. It seems like a lot of work to, like, you know, sit in their, in their terrorist break room and crack open all the red pens. <laughs> they, they have so many red pens. Though. And weirdly, a lot of chocolate syrup. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, he was able to find all of that in this bunker. Um, I can't even find chocolate syrup in my house right now. <laughs> <laughs> and not even the good stuff. Yeah. It's like, no, wait. I can only find the good stuff. Is, is there... Is there good stuff for chocolate syrup? I, I just buy the I Hershey's. Think he's, I think he's saying, because he's MacGyver, so he can't even endorse high fructose corn syrup as a blood uh, yeah. <laughs> substitute. So he has to say, oh, the high fructose stuff is bad for you. Mm-hmm. I drink the stuff that's made out of vegetables. But we've already established that he's not a vegetarian, right? I don't know if we have. We don't see a lot of eating on this show. Well, we de- he definitely drinks. We don't know for sure that he's not a robot yet. <laughs> or is that a different show I'm thinking of? Yeah, I think that's uh, where people turn out to be robots. I think um, that's Battlestar. Yeah, that's right. What was I thinking? I was just thinking about a situation of that recently. Not a Westworld thing. Yeah, like, um, I mean, I won't spoil any Westworld for anybody, but there's robots. There's robots in it, <laughs> and there will be robots who you don't people who you don't think are robots. Well, um, that's the only thing that you can surprise people with in the yeah. show about people who, 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 look are, like who look like robots and robots who look but, like people. But the, I just don't want it to become a thing like Battlestar on Westworld. Yeah, where it's like, like literally every single character is a robot by the end. Yeah, it's, it's just like, like, I don't oh, even care. Come on. I'm just watching someone's computer program running. Mm. I'm watching The Sims. Uh, so after the opening credits, we are back at MacGyver's place, and he's working on his motorcycle inside the house. Yeah. Well, working on it is a strong phrase. Yeah. He's really not doing anything. He's just kind of sitting underneath it. Yeah. <laughs> this is how he relaxes. He's sitting underneath it and kind of reaching around on one side, and then he reaches around on the other mm-hmm. side. Um, and meanwhile, Jack is sitting on the couch filling out a dating profile, I think. Yeah. And so he's asking, uh, basically... How old he could pass for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the doorbell rings in the midst of this, and uh, Jack refuses to answer the door. Right. Uh, his His explanation is that He's not lazy. Is that it's MacGyver's house and yeah, he said the it's house, house rules. House rules. You have to answer your own door. Mm-hmm. Which he said it's just bad manners. You know, like mm-hmm. how dare you even ask me to do that? And then he said, "Oh, now you're Emily Post," which is a bizarrely untimely reference <laughs> for twenty-year-old MacGyver to be making, considering Emily Post died in like the sixties. <laughs> but uh, left an impact on his life. Eventually, he this whole conversation is a moot point because Jack ends up getting up to go to the door anyway. Mm-hmm. 
And and this is one of the many like dramatic misleads of this episode. Right. In that, uh oh, something. Well, we should also mention that by this point, we've already seen the opening credits a little bit. Mm-hmm. We've seen some names show up. Yeah. Like yeah. the actress who plays uh, Jack's ex girlfriend, the actress who plays MacGyver's ex girlfriend. Mm. We've seen David Desmalshin's name show yeah. up. So we already know a lot of characters that are going to be in this episode. So the question is, who? Which one of these characters is is the aggressively door. ringing the doorbell now? Yes, yeah. Um, and uh, why would they have not just come in? Yeah, considering the door, they pretty much have an open door policy at this house. Mm-hmm. And so Jack goes to answer the door and doesn't come back and doesn't answer MacGyver. MacGyver's calls. Yeah. So you immediately have to think that something bad has happened. It I'm just assuming it's a repeat of like last week's opening gambit. And yeah. The, there's just, the doors open and he's just gone. Gone, yeah. But because there's no reason for Jack not to answer him. Yeah. Um. Uh. Unless it's he's been injured, and right. there's no reason for them not to have come in together with the person who's at the door, unless it's someone who's not supposed to be in the house. Yeah. In in the reality of this situation, Jack would have made a joke about who was at the door, like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm never answering your door again" or something like that. Yeah. But. To heighten the tension of the episode, he had to not say anything to, in response to MacGyver saying, uh, hey, Jack, are you there? Who is it? Mm-hmm. The only thing that would have been better was if you did an act break there. Yeah, or you just show blood dripping around the <laughs> corner. The Jack went around, he's like, oh my god. No, this is red pens and My chocolate syrup. <laughs> um, I think under under the right lighting, chocolate syrup would pass for blood. Yeah, like black and white lighting. Mm-hmm. Nice Hitchcock Yeah. Work. If there was a dog in the room, they would believe that that blood is delicious. <laughs> On the other hand, I'm pretty sure I could use chocolate for blood, and it would work fine in my body. <laughs> That's what my sugar content is like right now. So the truth behind who's at the door is that it is the reoccurring character of Sarah Adler, played by Amy Acker. Right. Uh, we had her previously in episode. <laughs> episode, maybe Metal Saw. Uh, where she played uh, Jack's ex-girlfriend or ex-love interest, not right, girlfriend. Yeah. They were never a couple, never established. Jack is, never got involved with her that way. Yeah. And her whole rescue ended up being, you know, at the behest of her husband. Right. And they were reunited, and Jack respected the respected the distance that he needed to keep right. between the two of them. Yeah. So he's a little upset that she's at the door because he was hoping probably never to see her or to extend the, the amount of time in which he has seen her. Especially, and as, as we'll uh, discover pretty soon, he very recently got an invitation to her wedding in the mail. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason Sarah's there is to start questioning MacGyver about the nature of his relationship with Nikki Carpenter. Right. Because she has resurfaced. Yeah, and somehow Jack already knows this, even though as far as we could tell, they have exchanged no words at the door. Mm-hmm. Like Jack says, she's, he, she found Nikki Carpenter. You're going to be able to arrest her on your own. Yeah. It's like, wait, I didn't say anything to you. Yeah, you opened the door and stared at me. Is this why you weren't talking to me when I was asking who you who was Were the you door? reading my mind just now? Is this a new power we haven't discussed? <laughs> like Bozer's all <laughs> new powers? We'll get into that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I have notes about that on here. <laughs> Don't Convenient you. new Bozer skills. Accounting <laughs> procedures. Super filing. <laughs> Don't you remember, Mac? How do you know how to drive a tank? Don't you remember there was the summer I spent copying tank manuals for a year? <laughs> what? <Yeah>. What? <laughs> oh, no. It didn't happen. But it's going to. next week. Uh, so, commercial break, and we come back, and they're at a briefing at the Phoenix Foundation. Sarah, however, is in charge of the operation. Yeah, she's leading the PowerPoint today. And uh, she is allowing the Phoenix team to join in because she needs their intel. Their she needs people who know her personally to help her track them mm-hmm. down. And uh, so, but this is her mission. Right. So Jack doesn't have any say, although he tries to power yeah. play and take the mission away from her. Because he knows that she's going to get married later this week mm-hmm. and is demanding to take her place on the mission because he's not going to be held responsible for her death right. a couple of days in advance of her wedding. Uh, so while they're en route together, all of them in one car, right? which is very awkward. Yeah. Um, and I feel like we've had this situation before. It's just like, uh, well, we need more exposition. Well, just have them all in the car together. Yeah. But even before they get in the car, everyone leaves the room except for, well, no, I guess Jack and Sarah 
step outside and have like a private conversation on their own. Right, and they they, they really play up the frosted glass in this episode a right. lot too. But it's clear that they're giving them their privacy because they are a romantic couple mm-hmm. who are having a, a spat. Yeah. Um, even though at the in last week's episode. He was rekindling his relationship with Riley's mother, and mm-hmm. she thinks this is just hilarious that he's hitting on this other lady. That's yeah. like her age compared to being her mom's age. Yeah. Like, oh, this is so funny. It's going to devastate my mother, <laughs> who's still in the hospital recovering from her trachea compression. Yeah, from the that thing that was going to take off her head. Yeah. The but darkest she, she, she thinks it's hilarious that Jack is flirting with this girl. It's only proving her right. Right. So then they all hop into one car. Mm-hmm. And they head up to uh, Northern California to a church. And this is the... Presumably dro- somewhere near where MacGyver grew up. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Um, also, this church is deceptively large on the inside. Right. Because it looked like it was pretty much just the uh, the the main part of the church. The- I forget where I read this, but the word deceptively really doesn't mean anything. Oh. Because it's so confusing. So it's deceptive? <laughs> well, if you say it's deceptively large, does that mean it's... Larger than it looks or smaller than it looks? That's why it I said mean, it was large. But it could mean both. If you say it's deceptively large, like it looks uh, large, but is it I small see. inside? Like the pool was deceptively deep. So does that mean it looked deeper than it was or it was deeper than it looked? I don't <laughs> know what it means. <laughs> I see. But in this case, you're saying it was large it, and it looked small from the outside. Correct. Yes. The structure that they showed does not match the interior right. that they show. Yeah. Uh, so there. I'll say that. Good clarification. <laughs> I don't know why they would have to use a different church for the interior than the exterior. Yeah. Um, because from the exterior, it just looked like it was just the the main part of the church. Right. Like where the pews. and Maybe the... it's just like on television, there's a certain rule. There's an expectation of a large interior for mm. a church. So they had to use a different church for the inside. Because the, when they're inside, this church has like got like other rooms and yeah. like – a downstairs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so they're they're all inside the church, and they secure the location as much as it needs to be, because this is where Nikki's going to come to drop off some information that will be picked up later at the drop right. site. Yeah. Uh, MacGyver and Jack take place uh, take position inside the confessional. Right. And this is kind of a funny little scene because they're. I agree. I, th- I think it's funny to have him doing a, a confession sort of to MacGyver in this booth, mm-hmm. except for that on this show, every conversation he has with MacGyver is a confessional. Yeah. Like, it would be funny if this was like the one time that he's talking about his relationship with him. Mm-hmm. But it seems like, you know, earlier in this episode, he was like, hey, MacGyver, I know you're fixing a motorcycle. I'm worried about dying alone. I want to have <laughs> children. And it's like, <laughs> why are you talking to me about this? Like, couldn't that have come here? Like, why did that have to be a part of that yeah. conversation? Also, Bozer's mad because you lied to him again. God dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot win with that guy. All right, fine. He's just mad at me then. I'm just living with it. I'm done. <laughs> I wish he he does say some kind of a joke about, like, I don't, I don't know what, what, I, what to tell you, Jack. I wish I could say, you know, say a few Hail Marys and... Mm. But I think you should talk to her or something like that. Yeah. And and I wish he'd ended that conversation with like, I don't I don't think you need to say Hail Marys. I think you need to throw one. Yeah. Like that would have been like. Yeah. But because it's like, oh, you you got one last chance here to win mm-hmm. her back. But um, but instead they just make some silly more, jokes. More jokes. And then uh, Nikki comes in very quickly, realizes that she's like trapped. Yeah. Except she still manages to get away. Yeah, and I don't understand like why she gets away instead mm-hmm. of just doing what she does in the next room. Yeah, exactly. Like, like wouldn't that, have, that conversation have been more interesting here in the church? And they run downstairs to this, like, crappy-looking kitchen? The only way I can try to explain it is that it's like when, if you have a gun on somebody and they take the gun away from you and then they hand it back. Like, it's like, oh, you, you're not a threat oh, to me. Oh, now turned it around, yeah. Yeah, you're not a threat to me. Look, I could have gotten away if I wanted to, but I'm coming back, so don't shoot at me. Exactly. Okay. That's the only way, but still, it doesn't make any sense. Cause she she just seems really scared upstairs, and then as soon as she gets downstairs, she's like the most confident person mm-hmm. in the world, even though now there's three people with guns pointing yeah, at her. Yeah, and all she has to do, again, is do the same thing she does, as you said, put her arms up and say the uh, the code phrase. Yeah, Altior Epitomus, Bravo 7, mm-hmm. which is Latin for we seek higher things. Yeah. Um, but otherwise meaningless. Yeah. And then... Uh, they discover, oh, 
that's the code word. That means that she's in the CIA. Yeah, she's deep cover. Or that she cover. killed a CIA agent who mm-hmm. tried to say those words to her. It, it seems like if you know if that phrase is well known. Yeah, like literally anyone in the agency knows it. Mm-hmm. So if any one of these people turned into a mole, they could use it against the Phoenix Foundation. Right. But it, but they also don't trust her. Right. Like I mean, it's it it gives them pause. Uh, but uh, pretty much Sarah and Jack are united in the I don't trust Nikki Carpenter. Right. Even though they accept that she's uh, an, a CIA agent mm-hmm. who's in deep cover. Like they, they believe that, but they don't believe – what part of their story don't they – of her story don't they believe if they believe that? Uh, I guess they don't believe that she's trying to catch the bad guy. They think she's in deep cover – and she is the bad guy? Uh, yes. <laughs> That's weird. That's weird that they would think that. Like they think she's a triple agent for the CIA? I, or I don't know the, what they the think. Or for the bad guy? They don't trust her. They think she's involved in something. Yeah. Uh, even though she's got the top secret code phrase. Right. Um, so now MacGyver contacts... Riley and Bozer. Riley and Bozer and tells them, hey, we have Nikki... Uh, it's getting deep here. We mm. need you to do some research about this organization. Yeah, and uh, someone with a code name, Chrysalis. Right. That's Nikki's only contact and or knowledge of the mole. Right. Is and this she, code and name? She. Uh, he very clearly tells them not to bring this up with Patricia. Right. Because he every time that they've discussed trying to track Nikki down, she shuts down the investigation. So mm-hmm. she, he said she's going to shut this down immediately if she finds out about it. So keep this away from her and they're concerned because they're like if nikki's messing with you guys then all of us are going to be in trouble yeah but they agree and they don't they don't share their information with her meanwhile so riley and bozer don't have much to go on so they decide to make contact with the only other person that they know is involved with this organization right and that's murdoch right so they head out that way while mac and team head uh to the next location Nikki's alternative drop site right. where she's keeping her top secret information. Right. And uh, on the way there, yeah. they stop at like a gas station. Mm-hmm. And because MacGyver, when, when they arrested Nikki or like like temporarily arrested her, yeah. they, they seized her phone. Yeah. And so MacGyver is going to use some crushed up cheese puffs uh, to dust for to prints. Do, yeah, dust, dust for prints and then figure out the password. Because apparently the only thing she ever does on this phone is enter her password. Exactly. And then she never touches the screen again. Never touches the screen. I I clean off fingerprints on my phone all the time. The majority of the fingerprints... Are the swiping. The, yeah, it's like this... Well, you don't swipe anymore on, on iPhones. But it wasn't an iPhone, clearly. It was like, yeah, it was like a non-OS. It wasn't a real phone. But, um, but the keyboard. It, there's always just like a splattering a of, dots, yeah. of dots at the bottom for the keyboard. Yeah. But um, instead they're, they're implying that... The last thing she entered since the last time she cleaned her phone mm-hmm. was just the password once to see what time it was, right. maybe, and then put her phone away, even though you could see the time before you entered the password. Um, but uh, Jack is convinced it's not going to work because it's a four-digit password. Mm-hmm. He says you get five attempts before the phone erases itself. And you only got three numbers. Right. There's only three numbers that lit up with cheese. So technically, there's only 12 combinations possible. Yeah. If you have a four-digit password that only uses three numbers. There's only 12 possible combos. Turns out he's got the same birthday as our original MacGyver because he types in 0323 mm-hmm. and says, her password is my birthday, which MacGyver's password on the original series was, or his birthday was March 23rd. Yeah. Um, which is confirmed in the Friends episode when he's he's quitting during a clip show on his birthday and his letter of resignation has March 23rd written on it. Right. Even though it, it ended up not airing on that day. It was like a week earlier, a week mm-hmm. late, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, it was messed up. Um. <coughs> uh, and of course, Jack is extra concerned now that uh, because, like, he realizes that MacGyver is, and Nikki are too close to each other. Right. Maybe even too close to for each other to realize the danger that they pose to each other. Right. But then, even even as that's happening, he's logging into the phone and seeing, oh, look at this! All of her contacts are at Langley, and she has all these uh, code names and code numbers that she should be able to use if she were a deep cover agent. Mm-hmm. So maybe she's not making it up. Because um, you can't just put anything in your phone. Right. You can't just screenshot numbers. Yeah. And put it in your phone. Or put in contacts. Right. 
they have to they have to come naturally. Yeah. Um, and then we cut back to Riley and Bozer with Murdoch. Uh, in Supermax. Right. Uh, did he actually kill anybody? Um, or did he just shoot Thornton in the he shoulder? He shot Thornton. I mean, he had guns trained on everybody, but I feel yeah. like he wouldn't be in Supermax for injuring one person. Did he kill anybody? I don't remember. I don't think he did. I don't think so. Because he couldn't... Because... Yeah. Yeah, he just comes in and just... He did a home invasion on MacGyver. Mm-hmm. And was shot off a cliff. Yeah. And then later in the episode, he set up a bunch of guns in a junkyard to try and kill them. But mm-hmm. he only actually gets a shot off on Thornton. Right. And somehow he ended up in Supermax for that. Well, it's implied that he's killed many, many other people. Or maybe that's the case. Okay. But, uh... And they just sat and caught him. Right. And but, he, he's mad that he's here with them because he's missing Guiding Light, mm-hmm. which has been off the air for seven years. Well, so. I think that's part of the joke. Yeah, that he's catching up on reruns of Guiding Light. Or or that that's the only thing that they, they show in Supermax. Yeah. <laughs> part, of, part of the prison sentence. Yeah. Uh, so Murdoch will only cooperate and give them some information if he gets a copy, a very specific copy right. of a book. Which I feel like they probably just Googled, like, Expensive books. Well, yes, uh, and I'm hoping that... Do you think it's a metaphor of the plot? Well, no. I'm hoping that it's it's part of a... It's one of those things where it's like it's a kind of cipher. Where right. if you have the... If you know the exact printing and, and version of a book, you, give, you're, you have a code. It's like basically two people have the same book. Right. And if you want to you send them... them a, numbers to indicate... Where yeah. to look in the book for letters, or letters, words, or anything, and you, it, it, that becomes a code that you can only decipher if you have that exact copy of a book. Right. And that, so I feel it's not revealed in this episode. Right. I'm hoping for the future. But I mean, obviously, he's asking for this book for some reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm hoping for the future that the reason he asked for this very specific book, yeah, that's very rare and not a lot of them are in existence, yeah, that it will be for some code. For him to make contact with somebody or... Right. I also think it's very weird, though, that they went out and bought him... I googled it. It's like an $850 book mm. and left it with him at the prison. Yeah. What's he going to do with it? Where, like, are they going to... He just he, trades it for infinity cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> there is an avid oh, book... God. There's an avid book collector yeah. inside. Yeah. There's the Scrooge McDuck of the Supermax. Yeah, he's got Brooks in there with him. <laughs> Brooks books. Uh, but in exchange for the book, he just basically starts reading out letters. Uh, um, and, yeah, he gives him a string of numbers. SA 374119116514961000007, which he says is a bank account number. Mm. And then they're like, well, that doesn't help us. And he says, well, you didn't think it was going to be fair, did you? It's like, what are you talking... Okay, give us a book back. Bye. Yeah, yeah. Well, You're right. It's not fair. Yeah, See you know what? Yeah, that's exactly what I would have done. Yeah. Yeah, it's not fair. Thanks for the book. Anyway, thanks for the book. <laughs> Instead, they... This man assaulted me. Please add some time to his... <laughs> to his charge. Uh, at the... At Nikki's safe house, which apparently is a cabin that her and MacGyver frequented. Yeah, everybody's got cabins with MacGyver. Mm-hmm. Bozer and this lady... Uh, they find Nikki's lockbox, which requires a very special key. Right. The key that she sent MacGyver that we've been wondering all this time. Yeah. What could this key possibly open? It opens this chest in this In cabin. this room. Oh, my God. What's in here? It's going to be something crazy, right? Nothing. Oh, absolutely you... nothing. <laughs> Stupid. Of course, Nikki is acting like, or convincingly acting like, that no, there's supposed to be evidence here. I had evidence. Yeah. Um, I did not make any copies though. I kept it all in one spot apparently. Yeah. Um, and someone figured out where it was and how to get into it. Yeah. Maybe I should have hit it somewhere better, like an electrical outlet. <laughs> yeah. There's no flies out here in the woods. <laughs> it's inside the bug zapper. No one looks. Perfect. In- this is a bug zapper covered in living mosquitoes. No one's and like close. three henchmen just electrocuted. <laughs> uh, so while she's trying to convince them that uh, that there was evidence, 
an assault team shows up and starts just opening fire on the cabin. Right. And MacGyver builds basically a bomb out of the furnace. Yeah, he takes the potbelly stove right. and just throws aerosol cans inside of it. Yeah. Um, and lights some spaghetti noodles. I don't quite know what that was about. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a fuse. But no, because he said they had to shoot it in order well, to ignite it. The The point was that, I mean, if they're trying to be accurate, mm-hmm. shooting an aerosol can is very unlikely to cause a spark big enough to ignite the... The aerosol uh, inside. I see. So there had to be an open flame in there. Got and it. So he lit the spaghetti as a sort of a fuse just for the the area or the volume of the stove. But either way, shows flawless. Yeah, that we've determined that everything here is scientifically accurate. And he asks, "All right, I'm going to roll this thing out of there. The only way it's going to work is if you guys can fire a shot dead center into this potbelly stove." Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Yeah, it's fine, no problem." And uh, Basically, Jack and Sarah are fighting over the right to shoot into it. Mm-hmm. They so throw they shoot it, together. Yeah, they throw it out the door, and they both shoot at it. Um, and it explodes and knocks down, like, one or two guys. of the. And I think they said that there were four three-man teams. Yeah, and I only see two people fall over. One of them fell over just out of shock because mm-hmm. he was way too far away for aerosol cans exploding to have done anything to him. And their plan is just to make a run for the car. Right. Uh, like, they're, this is a bunch of, like brainless graboids out here like there's yeah. no reason that they wouldn't just follow you and surround the car they all have vehicles too i assume also if i was like one of the four three-man teams i'm probably near the car or I would... you would disable the car before you exactly. even make yourself known that's exactly what i was gonna say i was just like slash the tires yeah. pull pull out the 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 what do you call it the distributor uh, the, cap the, the engine the engine just pull off. Oh, God. You got the engine. Yeah, they got the whole, like, crane and the chains. They're pulling <laughs> into the... Oh, man. They're Mad Maxing the car. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, so they make a run for the car. And I thought it was... Uh, I thought this was going to be a really dramatic moment where Sarah takes a bullet. Yeah, I thought so, too. Um, well, didn't she get shot? or No, no Nikki she... gets shot. Oh, okay. And it's just a graze. Oh, okay. It's not even a shot. So, totally pointless, yeah. plot-wise. Um, I, I thought for sure well, when they're in the car driving off, everyone okay? And I thought, oh, this is it. Sarah's Sarah? Gonna... Sarah? Yeah. I thought that that was going to happen. No. Yeah. There's so many missed opportunities for serious drama in this yeah. episode. Uh, so they, they make a getaway. And their new plan now is, even though they have no reason really to trust Nikki other than they say, oh, look, they're trying to kill me too. It's like, yeah, but... I think they would kill you in order to kill us. Yeah. I don't think that you're the target. Yeah. Uh, Nobody cares about you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So the new plan is to pretend that that evidence that was stolen wasn't the only evidence. Right. And try to bluff Chrysalis. Um, Which actually makes sense because it would have been a very good idea to make a duplicate copy of that evidence. It just never occurred to Nikki. Yeah. But she made a copy of the key. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, Riley has hacked into the organization's uh, bank account via that number. And she basically said it's a dead end. Yeah, because they erase the records every 24 hours. Right. And then Bozer says, well, you know, it's standard procedure for them to keep copies on paper of all that information. For three years. Um, like, how do you know that? And he said, well, I spent a year working for my my uncle. At- yeah, who's an accountant at an yeah. accounting firm. Yeah. Now I was an expert at filing. Yeah. Here, here's the thing. How about you just don't keep records? How about you use like a Bitcoin and do anonymous transactions this way? No, Bitcoins y- didn't exist. Yet. You have to remember this is the present. Oh. Boah. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, it's like I wouldn't use any kind of bank that kept records like this. Um, well, Bitcoins, to be fair, keep a pretty solid record of every transaction. Do they? I yeah. thought the whole point is that they were anonymous transactions. They don't have names on them, but they show every transfer of Bitcoin from one computer to another computer, so you could find the device that it was on. I misunderstood. I thought I thought that that was what they used on like the deep web for like currencies transactions. Uh, I think they use mostly Doge coins. Yeah. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> uh, that sounds like what you would use on the dark web. Yeah, exactly. Much much dark. <laughs> much dark. Such web. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so Bozer and Riley are on their way to New York, which is where the bank uh, 
would keep their records. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Because they keep them on site at the bank. They don't. Yeah, you they don't just have walk warehouses. Right in. Uh, Meanwhile, MacGyver and the team arrive at a uh, fancy resort in Carmel, California. And uh, they just kind of walk in, and they walk up to the concierge and say, we need a room. Now, I had a feeling that the concierge was supposed to have more of a part, because uh, he's got a c- two credits. His, his name is Charles, which Nikki kind of like casually... Yeah, she says, hey, Charles, as she's yeah. walking up like she's reading his name very quickly. But his second credit is Snooty Clerk. And he doesn't say a word. Yeah, he doesn't say a word, nor any kind of reaction that would make him seem snooty. People come in and asking for a room. What's I feel to like be whoever writes these credits is really judgmental. Like we had Millennial last week. Like yeah, exactly. It's just a mean person, very, very judgmental. Um, because I'm sure people come in and ask for rooms all the time. Yeah. It's a hotel. But they also ask for a room for four adults, like one room for four yeah. adults. And, like, on zero moments notice when it looks like their lobby is, like, bustling with activity. Yeah. Like, there's some kind of a convention in Carmel this weekend. Mm. Which is, like, the deadest town. Uh, So the only room available for that many people is the honeymoon suite. Right. Because, you know, when you get a honeymoon suite... You you definitely want two beds or four (laughs) beds. You want as many people as possible with you in the honeymoon suite. Yeah. Nikki sends an encrypted message that only Chrysalis would be able to retrieve. Right. She sends it via the computer and full-size monitor in the room. Because mm-hmm. it's the honeymoon suite. Right. The honeymoon suite has a computer and monitor on a table. And it's not even supposed to be for computing. It's just supposed to be like a digital message that mm-hmm. says, like, congratulations, newlyweds. Um, Instead of just putting a sign up, they put a monitor, a full-size monitor with a keyboard connected to it. Yeah. Um, it would have been more realistic if they had to, ha- like, go through, like, the hotel login and, and confirm the room number. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. dang it. I hate a list Just crap. try Marriott backwards. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way Chrysalis will be able to trace this signal from this hotel. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, good. Another message from the honeymoon suite. <laughs> <laughs> it even shows what floor we're on. <laughs> uh, so that evening, Jack and Sarah kind of reminisce out on the balcony. And uh, Jack, under the guise of checking, like doing a, doing a weapons check, like how much ammo do you have? Yeah. And he basically comes full out with his feelings that he has. That he, and so does she. Yeah. And they seem like they're going to kiss, but Jack is strong enough with his willpower to keep himself from yeah from violating that that uh, relationship that right. she is having. She talks about how they're going to go somewhere on their honeymoon. And he's like, "Oh yeah, you always wanted to go there." And she's like, "Yeah, I wanted to go there with you." Mm-hmm. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, you did." So, Jack is the the. I guess Jack would be the bigger character here because I feel like that line from her is basically implying, like, I'd still do this. Yeah, like, you still have time to turn this around. Yeah, even and though he's I'm getting like, married. Mm, uh, kind of seeing this other girl. Yeah. And, you know, she's got a daughter. Might be mine? <laughs> I don't think they've ever implied that, even slightly. <laughs> Pretty sure she was a teenager when they met. Still. <laughs> when when he and the mom met, yeah, she was a teenager. <laughs> oh, okay. Now, now, now it makes, makes more, more sense. sense. Yeah, <laughs> deceptively more sense. Yeah, deceptively more. <laughs> deceptively is going to be our our, uh, our Mac fact for the week, <laughs> or maybe Doge coins. <laughs> <coughs> so now. Simultaneously, while Jack and uh, Sarah are having their little moment, MacGyver and Nikki are having their own little moment. Right. Nikki saying how hard it was for her to uh, betray... Shoot him. Yeah, and betray his trust. Uh, While this is all happening, while MacGyver is tending to her wound. Right. And then they decide to lick each other's wounds. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, And... uh, so after that, we cut to New York City, where Riley and Bozer are in infiltrating. F- yep, they are in full Mission Impossible masks. Yep. Yeah, um, they're they're made to look exactly like two employees mm-hmm. of this company, and they 
somehow contacted those employees to tell them that work was canceled that day. Yeah. And just hoped that they wouldn't call anyone, anyone else. else. They were just like, like say, hey, huh, work's canceled. I don't recognize this number, but it says work's canceled today. Because <laughs> 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 that won't go in. I got a text number from uh, 555-310. You can't fire me. Somebody texted me and said, when is that ever a thing that happens? <laughs> but so they go in and they get facial scans. And mm. the, the masks are so accurate that they pass us these right. two people for the computer system. Even though they look like, like CGI recreations. Like yeah, they almost like, look like like the Wayans brothers in uh, White Chicks. Yeah. It's kind of like a little bit overdone. There's like an uncanny valley issue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we don't know. Maybe these maybe these people were kind of shiny. <laughs> these people they called out sick today. Unbeknownst to them. Mm. They'll probably be really happy like, oh, I didn't even have to use like paid time off. Yeah. Someone, someone showed up and clocked in for me. <laughs> or, or, you know, stole records and now they're going to be arrested yeah exactly yeah we forget about these two people who are going to prison now because they they helped yeah the, they the willful all they do is work evidence. yeah all they do is work in the filing room at a bank they don't yeah. know what's going on yeah uh, like, why did i get this text message i haven't shown up for work in months <laughs> uh so macgyver and uh and the team wait uh, in the hotel lobby, assuming that Chrysalis apparently is going to show up there. Right. Because uh, they think they're just being followed by the same team that chased them down in the cabin. Right. So they're waiting in the lobby, and uh, Jack makes a comment over the radio. He says, oh, Mac, don't worry. If there's guys, I'll, I'll handle them since you look like you didn't get a lot of sleep last night. Yeah. And uh, then Sarah's like, oh, let's keep this line open for pertinent information. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the implication is that they had sex. Right. Uh as was mine with the licking of each other's wounds. Oh, I don't know if you I got didn't see that. what you were saying before. Yeah, see, like that was that, that was makes a more thing. Sense. I was like, that seems unsanitary <laughs> at best. <laughs> uh, and while they're waiting, suddenly uh, a different assault team shows up. One that that Jack somehow recognizes. Yeah, it's like wait, we know these guys. <laughs> uh, and so once they secure the room, uh, Patricia Thornton steps in. Yeah. And basically tells Whatever MacGyver is, and team to, It's over. Yeah. It's done. Uh, uh, Riley and Bozer are now in the filing room. Which is just a bunch of bankers' boxes. Yeah. On shelves. Yeah, but it's, it's those really cool shelves that have, like, the cranks so you can, like, roll right, right, them right. side to side. It's like, you see them at post houses a lot. Yeah. With tapes and stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's... It's kind of like a, a situation where you, you only gain, like, maybe, like, 15% shelf space. Well, it depends on the size of the room. You That's probably true. get a lot of space. Yeah. Because if there's only one aisle you can walk down at a time, mm-hmm. then you get a lot of space out of it. But, yeah, for the most part, you're not saving that much. Yeah. Especially in a small room. But she walks up, and she's like, oh, well, this is going to take forever. I can't run a keyword, sh- keyword search on this place. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you can't, but I can. And she's like, what are you talking about? And he's like... I can file super fast, mm-hmm. like faster than a speeding bullet. What are you talking about? Yeah. No, like you didn't take a speed reading course that allows you to read a box of paper per hour. This is going to take days for, this would take days for the flash to go through. Mm-hmm. But, but they he get finds the, it instantly. It's find, in like the second it's like, box. It's like, oh, it's right here. This, yeah. is, this is the box. Illegal, illegal activity. Right. <laughs> January through through far March. Maybe it's in this Paradise Lost box. Um, that would have been like the. Damn it, that is so good. If if like the like the legitimate the like fake front was called Paradise Lost, Murdoch was actually helping them. Yeah. With that information, but simultaneously getting the book that he wanted. Yeah. Uh, that would have been great. Well, I'm sure it's the cipher thing that you said, but. I hope hopefully hopefully it has a, more of a purpose than I wanted a book. Yeah. Um, I just really wanted to read this book. I've always wanted to read it. Um, but this version, I guess I had to wear white gloves while I touch it. Yeah. I don't want my oils to ruin it. Even though Bozer just walked in and threw it on the table as hard as he could. Yeah. Here's your moldy old book. That uh, was not easy to find. Yeah, I know. I asked for a 200-year-old book with a cloth cover with the first edition of it. Mm-hmm. By the way, the first edition did not have illustrations. They were added like 200 years after the first edition of the book came out. So. Yeah, interesting. There is no first edition that includes the illustrations. It would just be the first edition with illustrations, which was not the first edition. 
Anyway. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, at the hotel, Nikki is being arrested. Thornton is explaining that the reason that she showed up was because several messages were sent from the hotel room uh, between Nikki and Chrysalis. Yeah. And they were she was able to track it and therefore is able to assume that Nikki and Chrysalis are working together. Right. So there's a situ there's something I guess I'll we'll come back to this because there's something happening with Jack. And I thought it was going to go a different direction. Okay. Um but I can't say yet. Sure. So we'll come back to it just let we're going to put a pin in this. But the team stands down. Uh, and suddenly, with the aid of Patricia Thornton's teleporter, everyone's back at the Phoenix Foundation. Right. Yeah. Riley and Bozer came back right from New into York. The portal. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, so, MacGyver, Jack, and Sarah are telling Riley and Bozer that there oh, yeah, was it turns no. Turns out we were wrong. And yeah. She tricked us again. And then Riley and Bozer are all no, no. She was right. There is a mole. We have the document documented proof. And uh, not only do we have it, but we already told everyone about it. Mm-hmm. So it's already circum- circumvented the whole company. Yeah. Everybody knows. Everyone Except knows. for the people in this room who we're telling it to right now. We wanted to be a surprise. Right. So they're all wondering then why Chrysalis didn't show up if Chrysalis is real. Yeah. Um, or if that the evidence was real. Uh, and McGavis like, wait a minute. What if Chrysalis did show up? Bum, bum, bum. And then we cut to... Immediately to yeah. Patricia walking into the room. Uh, and she's letting them know that uh, the oversight committee is coming to basically debrief them. Yeah. And as she's saying this, we see Nikki and Sarah walking up behind her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, what the hell is this? And it's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's funny what this the is. The oversight committee is coming down. They're coming for you. So going back real quick, when uh, MacGyver is kind of yelling at Thornton at the hotel after she reveals the information about the messages being sent. And MacGyver says, no, that's impossible. Most likely impossible because Nikki was with him the entire night. Right. No way she could have sent additional messages. Yeah. And I think the only people who would know that would the people uh, would be the people there. Right. Thornton wouldn't know that MacGyver and Nikki were having sex all night. Right. Uh, and Jack has this look like basically like telling Mac, shut up. Thornton's the mole. She wouldn't know that information. And so Jack's – because Jack says, Mac, you heard what she said. There's no mole. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And he says it in such a way that it's like Jack knows. Yeah, he's like, stop talking. Yeah, you're, you're going to – giving things away. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, Jack, Jack, Jack's on it. Jack figured it out right away. Yeah. Um, but no, it wasn't that. Yeah. Because Jack, once Riley and Bozer reveal that they know that there was a mole, Jack seems confused. Yeah. It's like – uh, so Where did they backtrack on that? Yeah, it seemed like there was there was something else that was going to happen there. Yeah. Um. So they run the whole the whole the whole scheme down. They have all the evidence leading a paper trail back to an alias used by Patricia Thornton. Right. Uh, Patricia's involvement in keeping them from Nikki at every turn and sabotaging any attempt and saying that there were other agents out looking for her, which yeah. I can assume that there probably weren't. Um, then they do this big dramatic reveal that there are guards outside, like the entire Phoenix assault team is yeah. outside. And they turn off all the static glass. Mm-hmm. And everything goes transparent and you see a whole assault team. Which I thought, again, was going to go a different direction, that that they were going to come in and not arrest Thornton. That they were Just all, arrest everybody else. They yeah. were all going to have been involved. Yeah. And that was her team, yeah. her private team. No, that doesn't happen either. Nope. <laughs> I was like, come on. I want something exciting to happen. This is yeah. so by the numbers. Yeah. Um, so they arrest Thornton and uh, they take her away. And they presumably put her downstairs in the basement with all the other malfunctioning robots. Yeah. Uh, just like Murdoch, it, it was just too easy. It's just too easy to get a hold of these people and they just cooperate. Also, presumably... She hired Murdoch to kill MacGyver Mm -hmm. and then warned MacGyver that this hitman was after him. Mm -hmm. And then that hitman that she hired shot her in the shoulder. Like so much of the story doesn't make sense when you turn her. I mean, like 
it's pretty clear they intended for the things to go this way, mm-hmm. especially from the end of that corkscrew episode where he meets with Nikki at the diner and she basically says, Patricia Thornton is a mole. Get out of the Phoenix Foundation. Yeah. She's a mole. And the entire season they've gone out of their way to make her completely devoid of humanity. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not a huge surprise that she's gone other than that Thornton in the original series stuck with it throughout the entire show. Yeah. It's just a, an odd choice. Although if they try to connect it to the original series, which by now would be so hard because it's like, oh, this MacGyver was born in a city with the same name but in a different state, but on the mm. same day. <laughs> like, like <laughs> what are the chances? Weird. Um, um, I feel like they were trying to pull uh, Mission Impossible, uh, like the, the Tom Cruise movie. Right, yeah, yeah. Where it's the same character of Mr. Phelps from the original series, just older now. Right. And, uh, and has become jaded. Yeah. I mean, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Mission Impossible. Yeah. Um, and uh, my friend Pat, uh, not you. <laughs> yes. Um, he, McGrath. Yeah. He, 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 he has a story about his, his dad was really upset with that movie because he loved the original Mission Impossible. Oh, and he felt like it ruined the character yeah, because it's like, like basically canon. Yeah. And, and, and just that, that kind of betrayal. And yeah. treasonous betrayal is like so wrong for it's that like character. It's like showing Magnum PI hailing Hitler. Yeah. It's like what? Why did they do that with the character? Yeah. Um, so I feel since this isn't canon and it's a new character of Patricia Thornton, I didn't feel that betrayal. Yeah. Um, but it was. I felt more betrayed when Michael Thornton was trying to betray the Phoenix Foundation yeah. oh. than I did when this character, who I've been watching for 12 episodes, betrayed the company because mm-hmm. I didn't care about her. And, but there was like a family connection, you know? I feel like this is definitely Michael's daughter if this is connected to the original series. Yeah. Like he went to prison. He did some time. He made some terrible connections in prison. He came out. He he married. was worse than when yeah, he went in. He came in. out worse than he went in, and his daughter just had to go through life with that as a father, and now this is what she does professionally. Yeah. She's like, I could do what you went to jail for and get away with it. And now he's going to be like, no, you couldn't. Mm-hmm. So with the successful completion of the mission, Mac and Nikki are reunited. Um, but Nikki's job isn't done because... She has to pretend that she's... Yeah, a part of the the evil syndicate for a long time first mm. still because she hasn't completely been outed on that side. I I don't see how she couldn't have been. I don't know why it needed to be a secret from MacGyver. Yeah, ever. It like do you not trust him enough to keep your secret? Mm-hmm. Like you don't trust hey, MacGyver. We're gonna fake my death and I'm gonna have to shoot you in the shoulder. Here's a bunch of information that'll make it easier for you to prevent this this right. terrible like attack that's going to release a chemical weapon and kill millions of people. Uh, especially since she said that she wanted out. Right. Uh, before her handler was killed. Right. So once once she declares that she wants out, there's no reason not to go directly to MacGyver. Right. And also, when she got arrested in the pilot, why didn't she say, Altioropetamus, Bravo 7, and mm-hmm. then just get out of the police car? Or yeah. get out of that plane where they were arresting her and say, look, I'm deep cover. See you guys. Yeah. I'm going to go home. She had to like pick her handcuffs with that little hair clip thing. Right. But, um, but yeah, for some reason she took a different path this time. So I'm assuming that now Amy Acker is going to run PowerPoint. Um, I don't, I don't know. I feel like this is kind of a closure for Amy Acker's character. Then who, who is going to send them on missions? Who, who runs home base? But I think that's going to be the big reveal of the next episode. We're just going to introduce a new character? I, I think that that's the only way you can go with it. Because uh, none of none of these people are are supervisory agents. They're all field agents. Right. So, but they know, can't like promote anyone already. Well, you probably could, but, but Amy Acker's character uh, is not involved with that organization. She's, right, she's, but they've taken orders from her in this episode alone. Already. That's true. That's true. In the same room, and she was giving them the same PowerPoint presentation. I just feel like that felt like kind of the beginning of the transition. The passing of the torch? That, of in that so role. to speak. Because now suddenly you would care about everyone in that room mm-hmm. when they're talking about missions, except for Riley, probably. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> but uh, now we have two hackers for some reason. Like, mm-hmm. what are we going to do with Nikki when she comes back? That's going to be pointless. Oh, God, and, and 
I know I've I've gone over this before. The gratuitous use of the word hack. Yeah. To do anything. Oh, I hacked this. I hacked that. It's I like, think either Ugh. Nikki or Riley is not going to survive the season. I don't know which one yet, but mm. there's a redundancy there that needs to be rectified. Yeah. And uh, they can't just have Nikki disappear and have us not even care about where she went because, oh, she's undercover. Mm-hmm. That's it. The end. It's going to be a very interesting continuation of the show from this point. Yeah. Because I honestly, I had to say, I honestly don't know where it's going to go. I'm I'm happy to see them shaking the etch sketch you mm-hmm. know, and, and trying to change things up. But I feel like it's too little too late that they they should have killed a character or they should have done something to a character that we cared about mm-hmm. and unfortunately they took out the only character that's been a cardboard cutout since the beginning yeah that they perp- they built so that you wouldn't care when she w- was there or not i just i don't know where yeah yeah i don't know where they go yeah i'm interested in finding out but we're definitely done with the origami stuff yeah no more paperclip shapes for yeah the rest of i the guess season. i guess they they just couldn't come up with ideas of of things to make yeah, they were like, oh, what is the shape going to be this time? Are we doing that again? I mean, we don't have to. I just thought we've done it in every episode so far. Yeah, we're not going to do that this time. Yeah, we're done. Okay. We're done with that. Just like the opening gambits. No, there was an opening gambit this time. It was called no, no, I mean, in the original earlier series. this season on MacGyver. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In the original series, they just dropped the opening gambits. We're yeah, done with they, this. They stopped doing the paperclip stuff because it was cost prohibitive. <laughs> the guy that they, they had professionally folding them into right. specialized shapes was like, all right, the price is going up next episode. Do you, do you know how hard it is to go to the freaking paperclip factory and get st- the straightened, unbent metal? They had to build a whole separate machine to make this shape. <laughs> People died. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the episode buttons with uh, Sarah's wedding. Right. Uh, and you know they have the moment of like the speak now or forever hold your peace. Right. And they right. have a clip. Right at the end that I, that I feel like first they sum up this episode and then they sum up the whole series mm-hmm. right in a row, which, yeah, they say forever hold your peace. It goes off without a hitch. She gets married. They walk down the aisle past MacGyver and Jack. And then Jack said, looks right into the camera, basically, and says, I think I'd be honest with you, man. Of course, this week has sucked. <laughs> which I think is the perfect review of this yeah. week's episode. And then... MacGyver says, yeah, hey, you want to go order a pizza and watch Die Hard? Mm-hmm. And then Jack says, OG Die Hard or the sequels? Which, if someone says, let's get a pizza and watch Die Hard, they're not talking about with a Live for your Die Hard. <laughs> yeah, they're not talking about a the sequel. Only, the only true Die Hard. They're obviously talking about the movie that's called Die Hard. Mm-hmm. But they're trying to make a joke about reboots. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't work because it's not a reboot. Those, that's yeah. a, a franchise with the same character and the lead of all of the installments. I mean, technically not, because Die Hard is a sequel to a movie that Frank Sinatra was the main character of. Right. But still, when he says Die Hard OG or the sequels, it's not the same as saying, let's watch MacGyver OG or the Mm -hmm. reboot. Um, And there are plenty of things with reboots. (laughs) There's no reason that they couldn't have come up with. Yeah, we live in the golden age of reboots. But I mean, I guess it's a rights thing, but they don't have the rights to, I mean, Die Hard is a a Fox property, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. So, it's, I mean, the only reason I can remember that easily is because it's the Fox building that they're blowing up in the first movie. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's just like, I don't understand why they had to say that. Like, why not Lethal Weapon? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, let's get a pizza and watch Lethal Weapon. Oh, like, the movie or the reboot? Yeah. Like, do that. You know, something that just came out. I guess they were just worried about ripping on other reboot shows. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Well, we're making a terrible oh, they, We can't make fun of other people. They could, have, they could have gone really harsh and said Rush Hour. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> With Bozer in the shot. Yeah, like Bo- standing and Bozer goes, like, like, just gives him hey, the you eyeball. you guys want to rent Rush Hour? With the movie or the reboot? Yeah, the reboot, you idiot. <laughs> and then Bozer just starts crying. <laughs> I went from being a leading star to bumbling sidekick. Yeah. Who gets a new power every week. He's just like a vestigial character on the show. Mm-hmm. He doesn't serve a purpose anymore. I'm glad that they used his makeup finally. Like that that's yeah, this beca- is the first time that protagonists have worn his masks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> was George Washington? Yeah. The, yeah. He was shooting a mask. <laughs> I don't believe 
was the most Murdoch thing that Murdoch's done on the show. Yeah. His his part in this episode was was totally useless. Mm-hmm. It was like less than Doctor Zito. Yeah. yeah. And Doctor Zito was a character that I cared about. Yeah. <laughs> oddly enough. Yeah. Um. I, think I hope he doesn't just become like. Oh, like, we're going to go talk to Murdoch in prison every once in a while. Yeah. He obviously he needs to escape in his next episode. Yeah. And he needs to kill Nikki. Mm, okay. Okay. I'll, I'll take I'll take that as a thing. I'm I'm calling it for the finale. If it's not Nikki, it's Riley. But I'm pretty sure it's Nikki. I think the finale he breaks out of prison and he finds out that Nikki has been outed as a double agent. Well, I I say I'm going to go a step further. He has to choose between saving Nikki or Bozer. That's okay. a Murdoch thing. That is a Murdoch thing. What about Nikki or Riley? No, because he would pick Nikki. You think he would pick Bozer over Nikki? I, I think that's a more conflicting choice. Even, like, because if it was Jack and Nikki, Jack would tell him to save Nikki. Yeah. Um, if it was Riley and Nikki, he would probably lean more towards Nikki. That's probably um, true. But Bozer and Nikki, that's a tough choice. Okay. Well, then they're definitely not going to do that. Because <laughs> that would be super epic. And <laughs> yeah, that would actually be like... Because, because that's the Penny the penny Pete in the, the, the musical right, so episode. so you're saying either way, no matter what happens, they'll both survive. They'll both survive. Okay. Well, then, then they'll do Nikki, Bozer. Yeah. But I'm saying if they have to kill one of them, it'll be Nikki Riley because... One of those characters has to die in the finale because mm-hmm. otherwise they're they have two hackers and they don't need two hackers. Yeah. Um, yeah. This wasn't a great episode. I disagree. I, I think a lot happened. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I okay. I I do agree that it was not a great episode, but it was certainly an interesting episode. Sure. That, like you said, I guess I'm, I'm. I contradicted you only to agree with you. Yeah, yeah. That's, I'm that's creating the drama, just like no, the show. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, and I I know what you're getting at though too is that it's like it's good that the show is actually taking some kind of action. Yeah, this was there was a lot of risky moves, um, and an attempt to create a more complex world. But they also like going back to the Mission Impossible metaphor. I worry now that it's the whole show is just going to be a shell game of like, oh, are you undercover for mm-hmm. someone or are you a mole? I don't know. Well, maybe Patricia comes back in the next episode and it turns yep. out, oh, I was a triple agent. Oh, I was a quadruple agent though. Oh, but I was a pentuple oh. agent and they just keep... That, that's more like the Crystal Skull with uh, Ray Winstone's character. Oh, right, yeah. Oh my God. But, uh, oh man, I cannot wait for Indiana Jones 5. <laughs> it's going to be so good. 2019. Man, Steven Spielberg at the helm. They'll kill him off. You think they're gonna kill Steven Spielberg? <laughs> I hope not. It was, it was a weird That's choice. Why I keep all my stuff. <laughs> yeah, why? Um, why? It's been like eight years since Crystal Skull before mm-hmm. the fifth Indiana Jones movie is gonna come out. Yeah, and he was already old in Crystal Skull. Yep. He's gonna be like almost a decade older. Yep. <laughs> why it's going to take place in the 60s what does an archaeologist have to do in the 60s <laughs> teach he'll actually teach this time it'll just be him teaching yeah it's just going to be a story about him like messing up his marriage to flirt with that student who's still got stuff written on her eyelids mm-hmm. Who, who's now uh, another faculty member yeah because it's been oh, that yeah, long. Oh, it'll, yeah, it'll be like, he'll be, that'd be so great to start the movie like that. He's like an old man at the front of the classroom, and it's like one of those classes where like there's like the grandmother who decided to finish her degree goes back to school, and she's the one flirting with him now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like he's just got like, she's got words written on, but it's all like sloppily written. Yeah. She can't, she can't see that well anymore. <laughs> and neither can he, because he's got, got glasses. So what does that say? Can you bring that under the light? <laughs> Anyway, so Indiana Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Next time uh, we review Indiana Jones. That's that's it for this episode, mm-hmm. I think. Um, if you guys have any thoughts on Screwdriver, you can find us on Twitter at Opening Gambit. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Phoenix Foundation Podcast or our website, phoenixfoundationpodcast.com. And if you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. Tune in in like three days. <laughs> 
Yeah, sorry, everybody. This was my fault. <laughs> this was Richard's fault this time. It was my fault last time. Um, so now we're even. Um, but we will be covering Large Blade. <laughs> literally the episode of 13, according the name of 13, according to IMDb. Excellent. Large Blade. So, um, yeah. Large Blade will be airing presumably Friday night. I actually didn't check to see. Yeah, hold on, double checking. Yeah, 13th. 13th, okay. Yep. Oh, wow, Friday, Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th, that's going to be a good one. Large Blade Friday the 13th. I'm smelling some Jason Voorhees. Yeah. Um, who do we have in this one? I don't see any returning. No Murdochs, no girlfriends. Well, again, this is according to IMDb. Yeah, and according to IMDb, Sandrine Holt will be in the episode, which remains to be seen. Yeah. Maybe in as much as a last week on MacGyver. Um, well, sometimes in credit only, though. If That's true. They just have her in the opening titles, so they... Yeah, Pete had a few of those. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I think that's everything we got. And yep. uh, thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.